Welcome to Uptown. We appreciate you making us a part of your day. We're here to empower, encourage, and uplift you on your journeys. We invite you to join us. We have Wednesday night Bible study at 6.30 p.m., Sunday service at 11 a.m., and you can watch us online. Glad you're here. Let's begin today's message. And my point will be that Jesus knows exactly where we are at. See, see, sometimes people will throw you off. Yeah, you know what's that? What's that? What's that old saying? We have a kick you to the curb, and you're out there all by yourself. And you're struggling and, you, and, you, and you're going through something and, and it seems like nobody is understanding what you're going through, but there is a God that died on the cross for us. He knows. I'm going to start off with 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I'm going to read and then I'm going to go into some stuff, and, and then I'm also going to go into the, the gospel of Luke. Amen? But, but I, I want you to take note of what God is saying to us this morning. I want you to take note of what God is saying to you this morning because it is special. It is special because, because he knows where we're at. If I can be honest with you, sometimes I don't know where I'm at. And I just yell, Jesus. There was, a, there was a time and a moment this week I just had to just walk because everything in my head was all jumbled up. And I just, I just couldn't focus. I just couldn't get it straight. And, and I was all jumbled up and, 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 and it seemed like at every corner, I was getting tested. And it, this is what led me to this. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. When the Holy Spirit brought me to this particular verse, I started smiling. I, I said, okay. You hear me. You, you, you understand what I'm going through. But he goes on in verse 2 and he says, For but be, be, we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in the craftiness or, nor handling the word of God uh, deceitfully, but by the manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Now here is verse 4, and I want you to, want you to really see what, how he is articulating verse 4. Because remember I told you, I said everything was just going jumbled in my head, and my mind was just like, I just couldn't focus. No, no, matter, no matter how much I picked up the word of God, I just couldn't focus. Is that honest enough? 
It was like, it was like I, I picked up the word of God and I was looking at it and I just put it back down. I just couldn't focus. And, and, and then, then the verse 4 it says, Whose minds the gods of this age has blinded who do not believe, least the light of the gospel of the glory of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and of ourselves, your bondservants, for Jesus' sake. For, for, for it is the God who, commended, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, who has, shown, who, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of knowledge to the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I had to understand that that in that particular moment, that everything that I was going through, the world was just coming into me, was just in my mind, and I had to understand that it was the gospel of Jesus Christ that was the light, and the light was going to shine forth. It had to be the light that was going to shine forth because just because I'm a senior pastor doesn't mean that I, go, I don't go through stuff. See? See, he, he, he is tricky. He tries to get us blinded, not understanding that we are the light. Sometimes our life journey makes us think that we are in darkness, but but the Bible says that his mercy is renewed daily. Amen? But he goes on and he says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. And this is something that I really had to understand is that everything that happens in my life and all the good things that happen in my life. It is the excellence of God and it's not something that I'm doing. Now, here's the part where I want to get to. Verse 8. See, verse 8, it, it, it talks about something because Paul is bringing an illustration about something that we need to understand about our lives and about our life journey. And when I get into Luke chapter 8, you'll see this. Amen? Verse 8 reads, we are hard-pressed on every side. I can stop right there and we can close everything up and we can leave. Because that's what it's... That's what it is, is that our life journey makes us hard-pressed on every side. But he also says, yet not crushed. In other words, the Bible is teaching us this morning that God always has a way out. See, see, not crushed. Yes, we may be going through it. We may be even hollering. And you know, if, if y'all like me in any kind of way, you know, is that sometime I jump in the Jeep and I ride down the street and, 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 and I'm coming home from work and I've got to be on M6 for about, a, for about a half hour and I'll just, ah! Because I don't want to bring that home with me. Preplexed. 
hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. See? In other words, what God is teaching us again this morning is that, is that, is that my confusion or, he said, but it doesn't lead to despair, Greg. Hmm, interesting. Always caring about in the body that the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in my body because what he is telling me this morning is that yes, I'm in Christ Jesus and the manifestation of what he did upon that cross, that day will always come out. But I have to hold true. Verse 11, and he, and he reads, he says, for we are, for, 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 for we who live are always delivered to death for the sake of Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. And, and so as I'm coming off of M6, my wife asked me, she says, Greg, would you stop by the store and pick up a few items for dinner? I believe she wanted tacos that day or something. So I, I had to stop by the store. And, and so the first store was Family Fair when I got off the highway on M6. And I'm coming down Kalamazoo. Excuse me. And I'm coming down Kalamazoo. And I go into Family Fair. And I see this young lady. And she's at the cash register. And I said, you must be having a bad day or something. She says, am I just carrying it on my sleeves like that? And I said, you know, I tell you this. He said, I've had one of those days too. I said, but the thing about it is, I know the Lord I serve. And she says, I do too. So I'm carrying, I'm carrying around what Jesus Christ has done constantly, even though I may be in a state. Then he goes on, he says, so then death is working in us, but life is working in you. Verse 13, and since we, and since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak. Verse 14, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. Verse 15. For all things are for your sake. Listen to how Paul is articulating this. He's saying everything that we go through in our lives is for someone else. It's for somebody else. But we take it so personal sometimes that we don't understand that God is building something up in us for somebody else. Amen? He goes on and he says this, For all things are for your sake, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Amen? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, chapter 5, verses 18 through 19 says this, Now all things are God who reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. 
The ministry of reconciliation is, is, is that we are bringing people back into Christ Jesus. How do we bring people back into Christ Jesus? It's because we are able to show them the light of our life. Mm, interesting, isn't it? You talking about, Pastor, the hardships I go through? Yes. And the good times. There, there are so many good times in your lives that when the hardships come, you don't know how to handle it. Mm. Because now, sometimes the thinking is, oh, God's against me. How's God against you? Life has a journey. Life is a journey. You're going to have the good, you're going to have the bad. But the Bible continues to say in verse 19, that that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. The Bible also says in the Gospel of John, the 14th chapter, that, that the Father is dwelling in Jesus. It also says that the Holy Spirit is dwelling in us. The Bible also says in the Romans chapter 8, he said the same Spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead also dwells in you. So when it talks about being, being, being perplexed or it talks about having hard times, we have to remember that the Holy Spirit is dwelling in us. Not imputing their trespasses to them as, and, and has committed to us the word, the, the, the word of reconciliation. Amen? See, having a hard day doesn't mean I'm fell off into sin. It means I'm having a hard day. Having a hard day means that I'm, I'm about to learn something if I stay the course. Amen? See, we have to remember that understanding what Jesus Christ did on that cross that day. He did it because of a, his own free will in full submission to his father. See, when we have submitted ourselves in full submission to God, no matter what our day brings, we are still standing on the foundation of Christ Jesus. No matter what life brings, if we, are, if we hold true and hold on the foundation of Christ Jesus, then we have the same belief that Jesus Christ had upon the cross. He had to believe that his father was going to raise him from the dead. He had to believe that. I have to believe that when I'm having those days or those, or those rough moments in my life, that God is going to deliver me out of it. Amen? Hey, Edward, roll that beautiful beam footage for me. Amen. I want you guys to pay attention to this. Start it over again. 
Amen. Amen. There was a song by the Beastie Boys back in the day. Now, you know, y'all been holy all your life. It said, I got to fight for my right to party. Amen. You know, this is something that we miss at being in Christ Jesus is that we don't know how to fight. I'm talking about the crocodile or the devil or whatever the attack was came up out the water and grabbed the leopard. But the leopard had so much life and fight in him that he flipped the script on him. See? The devil wants to get us into a state mentally, physically, and spiritually by thinking we can't fight. Because he wants you to lose heart. Let's go to Luke. Chapter 8. Now this is the title of my sermon. There met him a certain man. This man was in this state. Something grabbed him and was trying to take his life. But he had enough within himself that he knew that he had to fight in order to survive. Let's read some scripture. I'm going to start at Luke chapter 8, verse 27. And when he had stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time, and he wore no clothes, nor did he live in the house, nor, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. I'm going to stop right here for a minute. No matter, listen to this, no matter what life's journey has for us, Jesus is going to meet us. This man was going through a period in his life that everybody pushed him away because they didn't understand him. He was going through something spiritual. He was going through something mental. And he was going through something physical. Amen? No matter how long we've been in a situation sometimes, God is still going to meet us exactly where we're at. See, the Bible, the Bible goes on and he, and he talks about that the man didn't have any clothes. In other words, all his sin was showing before everybody that was looking. But we serve such a God 
This is the same God that when Adam fell, this is the same God that, had, that put animal skins upon Adam to cover his nakedness. The world wants to expose everything that you have. The Bible said that, that let me go on, and the Bible said that, that when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and with a loud voice said, what have, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high? But before I get there is that I want to make sure you get this point, is that the man was living among the dead and the decaying. Mm. He was living in the tombs. He was living among the dead and the decaying. Isn't that what the world is? The world is dead and it's decaying. This is what living in sin is and how the world wants to expose it. Amen? We are walking among the tombs. Brother Lynn said this in, 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 in Sunday school. We are walking among the tombs of the dead and the decaying every day. The world wants us to be self-destructive. Hmm. Let me, let me give you a, a quick illustration of this. The Bible said this, that in Job, that Satan went to and fro. And then he went, in, then he went before God and he said, he said, have you considered my servant Job? God said, yeah. I, yeah, I know about Job. He said, if you take this hedge of protection away from him, he shall surely sin against you and curse you. God said, okay, why don't you do it then? You can have him, but you can't have his life. So what God actually did was this. He gave Satan what was already his, the flesh. Here, it's already sinful. Take it. But what I gave Job, that's what's going to bring the integrity, his life. Mm. What God has given us is life. And that life means something to God. What the devil was trying to do is make us be, become self-destructive of the life. That's interesting, isn't it? The man is in the tombs, right? Amen. He wants us to break relationships. He wants us to burn bridges break bonds that we need in our lives. This man was tormented and crying out. The Bible says in Mark chapter 5 like this, and always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying out and cutting himself with stones. Amen? I'm going to give you something. Chalk it up. The demon couldn't kill him. The demon couldn't kill the man. The demon had no authority over the man's life. Remember Job? 
He says you can have what is his, but you can't have his what? His life. The demon had no authority over the man in the tomb's life. He wanted the man in the tombs to take his own life. Interesting, isn't it? But the man in the tombs, he was like that cheetah or that leopard. He knew that there was something deep down inside of him that was fighting every inch of the way. Amen? Because when we read this, when we read this, we, we think that the demon had, could just took his life. But he couldn't. Or he would have done it. Amen? Bible goes on and he, and he says, and this is the demon talking. I want you to notice, this, this ain't the man, this is the demon talking. He says, uh, and when he saw Jesus, he cried out, he fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, what have, you, what have I to do with you, Jesus? Mm, son of the Most High, God, I beg you, do not torment me. <clears throat> I found that interesting. I found that so interesting, it was pitiful. Because if you think about it in this context, <clears throat> the demon <clears throat> is tormenting the man. He got the man up in the mountains cutting himself with stone, got the man trying to take his own life. But at the minute the demon sees Jesus Christ, he wants mercy. Isn't that something? but he's not giving mercy to the man. Isn't that how the world is? As long as you are able to give mercy to the world, it's good. But the moment you're looking for mercy, it's like, for real? Just give me my money or whatever you owe me. See, But there was something interesting that was still happening. The man was still drawn towards Jesus. Jesus had all the authority over the unclean spirit. Mm. See, that's something by itself. Is that the unclean spirit knew who Jesus Christ was. The Bible just said when we read it in, 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 in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that the world is blinded and is perishing because they don't want to believe who Jesus Christ is. Amen? See, sometimes we have to know who is speaking, who's talking. As, we, as we're seeing right here is that, the, is that the unclean spirit, he's doing all the talking. The Bible said in Job chapter 26, says, whom 
Have you uttered words in whose spirit spoke from your mouth? See, <clears throat> sometimes when I'm in a situation and the words are harsh, because those of us who are still in the workplace or those of us who may even go to Myers and hear some crazy stuff, you know, people will say something crazy to you, but they want all the grace in the world going back to them. That's when, that's when being in Christ Jesus it's so important because now we have to have the discernment like Jesus Christ did right here is whose spirit is that speaking? See, Jesus knew that this was the spirit of the unclean spirit speaking. It wasn't the man. Amen? And I want you to understand this, is that an unclean spirit or, or a demon, or, or, it will use a body against the kingdom of God. Because why would it use a body? Because God created the body. God created man. So it's going to use the very thing that God created to try to tear down the kingdom of God. When you hear things out here on social media that don't line up to the word of God, let it go. Because the world's job is to tear down the kingdom of God. How is it going to do that? It's going to do that by the very creation Give you an example. Guns. Guns were, were made for food. Real simple. Guns were made for food. Then all of a sudden, guns turned in for war weapons. So the whole principle of making the gun was so that you can feed your family. That you can protect your family. Then it turned into war weapons. Then it turned into other means of violence. Just like how a demonic spirit would use a body. Amen? In both cases, it was meant to deceive and intimidate. <coughs> Let me go and read some more here right quick so I can get done. Um, and he broke chains, shackles, and he was driven by the demon into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him, saying, what is your name? And he said, Legion, because of many demons had entered him. And they begged him that, that, <clears throat> and they begged him that he would not command them to go out into the abyss. And now the herd of swine was feeding there on the mountains. And so they begged him that he would permit them to enter into them. And he permitted them. And then the demons went out of the man and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down the steep 
place into the lake and drowned. And those who fed them saw what had happened, and they fled and told the city and in the country. And then they went out to see what had happened, and they came to Jesus and found the man whom the demons, who the demons had departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his right mind. Amen. Amen. Two things. See, in this culture or in this, in this time when someone was demon-possessed, one of the things that they did was, and like I said, now watch how Jesus was following the order of things. One of the things that they did is that they had to find out the name of the demon. So Jesus, still following the order of the custom, he asked him, he said, what is your name? Now, when we read it, we say, legion. Hmm, interesting. Bible says it was many spirits. Hmm. The reason why this demon was still lying in the face of Jesus is because the, a Roman soldier, when he's in a legion, is 6,000 men. That's a legion. The demon is still trying to intimidate and bring fear into Jesus by saying, we are so many, we are legion, we're 6,000 of us, and we're all organized. Mm, interesting, isn't it? He is trying to tell Jesus Christ, we are many, but we're organized. Have you ever seen movies of Roman soldiers, how they would stand and they would march, what? Organize. The demon is trying to bring fear into Jesus. But Jesus Christ has authority and he has power. And he says this. And he told them, he said, now go out of the man, go into the swine, and go. Now, I want you to, I want you to take this, and I, I want you to really get a good grip of what I'm about to say to you. For years, we looked at it that Jesus told the, 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 the demons to jump into the swine, and the swine would just run down the hill. And it's drowned in the lake. But if you get a little deeper into it, what Jesus was actually doing, he was showing everybody what the demons were trying to do to the man. Killing. The demons were trying to kill the man. But everyone on the outside was just looking at it, a bunch of pigs ran off the mountain. Interesting, isn't it? It's interesting how our Lord and Savior was showing everyone what was transpiring and what was taking place in this man's life. And that all of you were standing to the side and watching this man kill himself. Bible said he was cutting himself, right? 
breaking chains. Now, all of a sudden, the Bible says in verse 35, it said, then they went out to see what happened. Mm. Do you know what brought their attention? Pigs. Can I say that again? What brought their attention was some pigs, not the man. Now, this is supposed to be a kosher nation, right? Some hogs, <laughs> some hogs got their attention. Not the man was suffering. Not that the man was going through something. Because they kicked the man out of the village. Just because he has some issues going on. Just because someone has a drug problem doesn't mean I kick him out. Just because someone is going through something mentally don't mean I kick him out. See? Because it's not conducive to what I'm doing. Oh, let me get rid of this joker. But if we are real with ourselves, we, we've all been through something. I grew up in the 70s. I ain't got to say no more. Somebody was this, was that, a little bit of that, a little bit of this. Run behind the school, puff, puff, pass, pass. It's legal now. I did say that out loud, didn't I? But the context is this. It's still not legal. Because some people are using it as a crutch. And they smoke so much, you don't want nothing to do with it. I don't want to go over there. I walk in there, I get a contact. They might drop me tomorrow at work. How you, how you drop dirty? I was over Ray Ray's house. <laughs> but I'm telling you something this morning that, that I pray that we get a hold of. The Bible said this, and I'm about to close it up, but the Bible said this, and, and, and I want you to get this part. He says, and they came, and, and then they went out to see what happened, and they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had departed. Mm. They found the man whom the demons had departed, and he was sitting at the feet. Of Jesus. He was sitting there, he was sitting there in peace. And the Bible says, the Bible says, sitting at the feet of Jesus and clothed in his right mind. At one point in time, the man is running around naked. All his sins are for everyone to see. And now he's at the feet of Jesus and the Bible says that he is clothed in his right mind. Because he met a certain man named Jesus. 
the Bible goes on and, and it says, and they were afraid. Now, I want you to, I want you to I'm about to end, but I, I need you to get this. The Bible says they were afraid. They weren't afraid of the man running around in the tombs. They was afraid of the man who's at the feet of Jesus. Isn't that the world? They're afraid of you. The world is afraid of the testimony that is on your mouth, in your heart. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Mm. Isn't that something? Said that <laughs> they wasn't, they put the man in the tombs because they were tired of him. Just to keep it real. <laughs> They was tired of him. He was running off, running roughshod all through the city. And, and every time, every time little Willie goes to the store, Mama, you should see that man running. So they got tired of him. And put him where the dead and the decaying was. But as soon as he's in his right mind, and this, this is what the Bible says. As, as, as soon as he is in his right mind, clothed in his right mind, sitting at the feet of Jesus, now they're afraid. Something's wrong with this picture, isn't it? Amen? I'm, I'm, I'm finished. Let me finish. Let me finish. He says, they also, they, they also whom had seen it told him by what means he had been demon-possessed was healed. Mmm. Mmm. There is the word healed. Healed. I want to skip now a little bit. And now the man from whom the, the demons had departed begged him that he might be with him. And Jesus said to him, away saying, return to your own home house and tell the great things that God has done for you. And he went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. And this is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the light. This is the light. This, this is the light. The light that the world sees shining in darkness. This is the light. When you're telling people what Christ Jesus has done for you in your life. I don't have enough time to tell you what God has done for me. But we can have coffee and talk about it. Amen? But I'm telling you something. I'm telling you a truth this morning. I'm telling you a truth. The world is afraid of you because you are at the feet of Jesus. The testimony that you have within your heart is going to change lives. As long as you were running roughshod and crazy, they didn't care nothing about you. Let him go. 
But the moment that you came into Christ Jesus, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and you shall be saved, then they became afraid. I don't want nothing to do with that Jesus stuff. Well, that Jesus stuff, it don't work. And then they convince somebody else and they convince somebody else. But it's my job is not to convince you, it's to show you. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to uh, end here, but we're going to do tithes and offering. Amen. I pray, I really pray you guys got something out of this this morning. I really do because, because it's, it, it, is so, it is so important that you know how strong your testimony is, how strong your relationship is. Why don't you guys come down? It's it's because if you know how strong your, your testimony and your relationship is in Christ Jesus, can't nobody take it away. Amen? Amen? You guys can go. Yep. Can't, can't nobody take it away. It, it is so important. It is so important that, that you ask Jesus the question. You know what that question is? Can I go with you? That's what the question, it was not the question. That you know how to ask Jesus the question, can I go with you? And you'll say, no, go home and go tell it. 